on this episode of Shooting the Shit with Sands. If I see Victor Oladipo on the floor mid-April in the fourth quarter versus the goddamn Bucks, I'm going to jump off my fucking balcony. And I hope I live and I'm a vegetable. So when they prop me up on my medical bed in my hospital bed, I was like, can you put on the heat? And I'm brain dead. And I just see Victor Oladipo just, oh, he's two for eight in seven minutes. Whoa, he's going off. And I just sit there and I die. Do I think we are terribly constructed and we're a bad team? No. Right now, we f***ing suck. We are ass. Dog shit, bums, butt soup, trash, lottery, bums, all that. Oh, baby, oh, baby. I am who I am, my name is my name, and here I am on my seventh recording because my shit won't work. WORK! Of uh, episode 81 of Shooting the Shit with Sands. Okay. Okay. We've been working on it. It's been a four minute clip every time. I haven't said the same joke, so I gotta cook up again. I gotta cook up again. What is up? How are y'all doing though? Right? We gotta check on the audience. We gotta check on the audience first. Okay. It is, it is March 24th, can y'all see that, 12.30, 12.30 p.m., Arkansas has a game tonight, and I guess I'll, I'll put the distraught reaction here, up six, finish. What the fuck? Okay, now we're back. Uh, and then, how about we put a delusional clip right here? Come on, let's go! Up four, come on. Finish this fucking game. No threes. This dude's already about to cry with his bitch ass. Holding them tears, Gonzaga, we're Arkansas. We don't fucking, we don't win this easily. Okay, and I'm back. Here we are. Uh, did you hear it? Did you see it? Did we win? I don't know. Well, if we have a victory or a loss, here's that reaction here. Up five, 13, 12. Give me that shit! Yes! D said, give me your shit! God damn! What a win. Okay, and, and there you go. All right, now you have to realize I just said here, here, and here in the same three seconds, and now I got more content. And guys, three days away from my birthday, March 27th, I turned 27. And, and uh, you know, I'm turning 27, look 26, I'm, <laughs> I'm aging gracefully. I'm about one year behind. But, you know, I still, I, I have become uh, almost offended now that in the last two years of my life, I've not get, gotten ID'd anywhere. It's it's almost offensive. And it's at 27, I, I don't realize that my mustache grows in two days, you know? for Since I was 17, I didn't even have a mustache. But when I was 21, I could shave my mustache one day. It wouldn't grow back till I was like six weeks later. And now I got to shave it every week. It's horrible. But, you know, in the 27 years I've been living, this is going to be quick. Um, what have I learned? The heat fucking suck. Okay. That's, that's a big one this year. That's a big one. Just a huge, huge deal. We'll get to that in a sec. I may, this podcast may be four hours if I talk about the heat. Uh, 
But I've learned a lot of things. If you want a woman, go for it. If she tells you no, fucking leave her alone. You know, when you think you love somebody, fucking tell them. Don't be me. Don't be the pussy to send the text, I like you, to the girl. They don't like bitches, okay? But yeah, you know, I got, I don't really celebrate my birthday. It's, what is, what is that tweet? I'm blessed to be 27. I'm blessed to see 27, bruh. That's on everything I love. Like, I, I was raised in a gated neighborhood since I was 13. I, I was in almost a 4,000 square foot house the most of my adolescence and into my adulthood. There's nothing to be like, I'm lucky I made it. I, my father and them, like my, my father, my father and them, like, what am I talking about? My family, my family can be like, I am so surprised I made it here. I was poor. We fucking came up from the trailer parks, all that, the apartment buildings in Texarkana. Oh, we made it. They can say that. Like I got a, I got a, I got a fucking nice ass car when I was 16 for my 16th birthday. My dad had a kid. And was working construction shifts for 14 hours when he was 16. My mom was a year away from being pregnant with my brother when she was 16. Am I blessed? I mean, sure. I denied all my blessings during my life. <laughs> hey, hey, son, here's your first car. I'll total it at 19, dad. No problem. Hey, son, I'll pay for all your college and your rent. I'll fell out of school. No problem, dad. Thanks for the blessings, father. I'm not talking about the father above either. Jesus, you believe in that shit? That's cool. That's cool. I I can't even split the water in the bathroom, but if you think you split a C, go ahead. Go ahead. I I don't think uh, I haven't even seen a giraffe in real life, but him finding one in fucking Israel in the Middle East seems a little crazy, but that's just me. I'm a little drunk. Hello, it's me. Anyways, whiskey. I'm celebrating. <laughs> I just roasted Christianity. What's wrong with me? Will this pod ever hit the streets? Yes. Um, You know, I'm just celebrating my birthday early. Podding it up. Doing what I do. Chilling at the house. Um, You know, I got my girl Snow Allegra tickets. And because she deserves that shit, right? I, I don't know. I feel like I love giving more than getting. You know, if it's if it's from my girl, it's kind of different. She can get me a car that she rode in, and I will love it. My grandma can send me a car that she rode in, and I love it. My dad, who's loaded, if he doesn't send me a fucking new drone or a car, I don't want it. You fucking just, if you don't send me a check for $1,000, Dad, why are you getting me birthday gifts? <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. No, I I appreciate everything, man, and I hope Nia enjoys that concert. I can't go because I work, and I work this weekend and all that. Um, But, yeah, previewing the Arkansas game, and then we'll really get – are they mowing right now? Hey, I'm trying to pod, man. The Arkansas game. Now, I think we're going to have a tough go against – against Gonzaga. I'm giving a little preview. Before, the game is already over, so we'll see if my preview's right. So, in about five and a half hours, we play. I'm a huge Arkansas fan, if you didn't know. Um, you know, and I think that we're not going to get the shit beat out of us, but it's going to be one of those games where Gonzaga has like a six-point lead for the whole game, you know? And we get some momentum plays, and we have opportunities that you, as a fan, you heart back on and go, fuck, if we hit that. And then and then we lose by 10 to 12. I think that's what happens. But if we win, I will be ecstatic. Just because I'm trying to be a, real, a realist. Oh, you're going to hear the realism. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to root for the team. Uh, well, the other team I'm going to talk about, I don't know if I'm going to root for them anymore, but we'll, we'll see. Well, hey, we'll see. And... I just think we have too many stretches of no field goals. Too many. J.D. Note was so out of whack last game and the game before where he's almost like, I got to shoot 28 times to win. 
And our best player is actually Jalen Williams, our center, who's a playmaking big. He's very good. He can score. I don't think he's aggressive enough. I have another center I'm going to talk about that isn't aggressive enough. That is, oh, God, I'm about to go off. And, oh, I'm so hurt. And, oh, God, I'm hurt. I'm literally going to have a psychological break. I truly, I, I am. But I, I just think the Zags have too many bigs. We're going to get in foul trouble, I believe. I want, But you never know. The way that you saw the Gonzaga, Gonzaga's kind of been having a rough go in the tournament, no? I'm not saying by the uh, differential of points, but Memphis. But Memphis has elite athletes. We don't. We have some good athletes. We don't have elite athletes. But they're having a tough go with these better schools. And even the 16 seed had them on the ropes for the most part, right? They had them on the ropes. And but I do think that maybe our bigs will get in foul trouble. I hope not. I hope Stanley Amude can can stay out of foul trouble. And can give us buckets because when he plays well, we win. When he gets over 15 points, he's always super efficient with it. When he scores a lot, he scores in bunches and he can stay efficient and we can win the game. But if JD Note comes out and plays amazing, I still think we got a shot, but he hasn't shown me that. It's giving me uh Moses Moody vibes. Moses Mo, Mosey, Mosey Moody, Moody Mosey, Moody, Moody Mosey, Kendrick Perkins, shout out. Um shout out KP, the the most um not unintelligent. I don't know his intelligence, but a person that cannot pronunciate words on television. He doesn't know how to talk, and that's okay. I respect it. I was you make, dude. That's like I don't know. I don't know. It's like giving a. That's like giving Helen Keller a contract to to listen to be a therapist. I don't know. I don't know why he's on TV talking if he doesn't. He literally can't talk. You know, if Helen Keller was your therapist. I don't even know if it goes in one ear to get out the other. <laughs> I guess I'm laughing at my own jokes. I I don't know if it, if it would work if Helen Keller was your therapist, but Kendrick Perkins can't fucking talk and he's making millions. So let me carry the hell on, as he says. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to watch that game. I'm just a fan and muscleman. The must bus is, is here, man. The must bus is here. So, you know what? I got to take a break before I do this, before we talk about the heat, because I'm 10 minutes in, and it may take me another hour and 10 minutes to talk about one point I have. So, we'll be right back with the heat talk. I got to take a break. I got to take a piss anyways. I'll be right back. Okay. It's time. It's time to have that conversation. The Miami Heat last night lost to the JV Warriors, okay? So let me let me have a premise around my point here. It's not how many games you lose. It's how you lose and who you lose to. We <laughs> we lost to Phoenix and we're talking about since February uh 17th, okay? We are balling. One, two, three, four, five losses. We're ten and f- we're ten and five in our last fifteen games. So, the- and there is no stat. There is not a stat. <laughs> there is not a stat on the planet that is gonna uh, back my point here. Uh, I think I'm going fucking insane. Like I'm not even kidding. I think I'm going nutty watching the Heat. I, and I'm I'm gonna say it here. I'm a pessimist fan. I'm a pessimistic ass fan. Okay, I'm very pessimistic. I I look at the lows more than the highs. Sorry, I'm looking at the schedule, not at the camera. Um, get this shit out of here. And uh, yeah, it's just been rough watching some of these games. You know, Bam Adebayo is out here dropping. He's had four 30-point, three 30-point games in the last 10 games, 12 games. And, oh, what I saw last night, the Heat had a huge, huge, huge fight on the bench. Jimmy Butler said something to Eric Spolstra that made him say, what, do you want me to fucking fight you? Then proceeds 
you don't. This is why we're they're they're on a 19-0 run to open the quarter. Jordan Poole's hitting one-footed. Oh my god. Oh. He's hitting one-footed. Uh, no, oh, I can't even talk. He's hitting one-footed three-pointers from 38 feet. Uh, one on the shot clock and get through it, Hunter. Get through it. We're here. They're here to support you, bro. Let's get on through it. Get through it. Okay. So, oh, I can't believe that happened. Anyways, so then it turns, Spolster goes, you want me to fucking fight you? Jimmy Butler says something. Udonis Haslam gets in the middle of it. Y'all, I'll beat your ass. We're not the enemy. Do that to them. We are not the enemy. I'm going to beat your ass. Let's go to the locker room right now. I'm going to beat your ass. I'll beat your ass. He kept saying it. And you can say all these fucking Heat fans online talking about this is what this team needed. We will remember this. I think we will remember this for the wrong reasons. And I'll be fine with being wrong. I'm I'm wrong 70% of the time on this podcast. There is one tell sign. And I know it's so minuscule, tiny, everything. So get your hands, put them in front of your chest, and just like, ugh, just throw your hands kind of. Just like, oh, get the fuck. You know when you do that, oh, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Spolstra did that to Jimmy. And that, to me, isn't a in-the-moment thing. Then he does that. They walk away. It then proceeds past the timeout where Spolstra's yelling at Jimmy, don't talk to me like you're fucking crazy. I'll show you fucking crazy. The, the, the hand movement, Spolstra threw a clipboard on the court towards Jimmy, not at him, at his face. He just threw it on the ground right at his feet. And it may be, oh, we're angry about losing. Urgh. This might also be Jimmy kind of has taken a toll in the shit he said. And maybe maybe he was just in that game. He's like, when the, this shit ain't fucking working. Why are we doubling off pick and rolls on Jordan fucking Poole? Huh? Why? Why are we doubling Damian Lee off pick and roll, Spo? Why? I will never question Eric Spolstra, by the way. But I'm talking because that's what I said when I watched the game. Why the fuck is Damian Lee getting doubled? Why the fuck is Jordan Poole getting doubled? Why the fuck is Kaminga? Like, <sighs> and as a Heat fan, if you're not frustrated, then what are you? You happy that we're the one seed right now? Are you cool? Like, oh, we're the one seed. We'll be fine. Have you watched us play basketball the last two weeks? And the thing is, guys, let's go back to when we lost back-to-back games. It is March 21st. Let me go find it. January 31st to uh, February. I, I had a false stat with Chris. I said it was December. I, the the commentator said it was like six to eight weeks or something like that since they had, am I thinking of Bam's injury? Am I going to go on a rant again? Uh, since we had lost back-to-back games, and I was wrong. It, it was the end of January. So, it's, guys, listen, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it here. We're going to go over strengths and weaknesses of this team, but I'll tell you this. We are not a contender. I said it. <coughs> I said it. We are not a contender. Oh, my God. Once again, it's taking the take out of my mouth. We are not a contender for for a lot of reasons. But but truly, this is the reason. We touched on this on Spin Sports on my other podcast. And Jimmy Butler cannot be your best player to win a championship. Now, he got us to the bubble finals. He played amazing. And maybe I will eat crow when the playoffs come. We saw last night he was being very aggressive. I think he had eight shots in the first quarter. Um, Kyle Lowry balls out. We didn't have Tyler Hero, but you don't need to have a six-man to beat the undermanned Warriors. You shouldn't. And I'm just watching this team. And yes, the wins and losses are wins and losses, but... The way you're winning, like, look at our schedule since February 17th. Charlotte, the the Knicks, the the Spurs, the Underman 76ers twice, Detroit, Oklahoma City, the Underman Golden State team, Underman Cleveland team, Underman Phoenix team. 
we can talk about the record and the wins, but if you're watching these games, you know we are not playing good whatsoever. I don't know if it's Kyle Lowry randomly being aggressive because it's his real season now, which I respect by him. He goes off last night for 26, shooting over 60%. He was balling. So I'm not going to hate on Kyle Lowry. He came in, he, he's coming to play right now. And I expect his numbers to drastically go up as we get on this, this late season turn. But on the late season turn, let's see. I, there's a couple key games here. Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta, Boston, Brooklyn. Those five games. That will show me what the fuck we got. And I cannot wait until tomorrow when we play the Knicks. I'm ready to see what the fuck is going down. What's up with this team? What's up? Because what I'm seeing, this team is fucking ass. P.J. Tucker hadn't hit a fucking three since 2021, right? Tyler Hero has been our best player for the, the what, a month? Bam Adebayo goes from 30, 30, 30, 30, 27, 30. Like, look at these... Look at these leading scores since February 17th. This is when I started noticing it post-All-Star break. Hero, bam. Hero, hero, bam. Hero, hero, Robinson, bam. Hero, 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 Jimmy Lowry. Tyler Hero can't be your leading scorer every night. Was Lou Williams this leading scorer every fucking night for the Clippers? Was Montrez Harold the leading scorer every night? Were they for the Clippers? Were they? Fuck no. Fuck no, they were not. And I'm sitting here, why is Depot getting so many minutes? What is he doing out there that impresses you? As a Heat fan, what is he doing? Is he a feel-good story? Woohoo, woohoo. We're Heat, right? We're the Heat. Heat culture. We don't give a fuck if you make 90 mil. We'll sit you if, you, if you're not going to help us win. What has Oladipo done to help us win? And how is he going to get back into the groove by playoff time? We got a couple weeks left. You think he's going to be ready by playoff time? Are you fucking dumb? Struess is getting his minutes tapered down while he was on a burner. Max Struess was on a burner this whole season. Max Struess has just improved. It was at a point where I thought he could take Duncan Robinson's spot in the starting lineup. Considering they're shooting the same percentage of Max isn't shooting better from three, and Max is a better defender, more athletic, can drive, can finish. Like, we're sitting Duncan Robinson down for fucking a whole fourth quarter, damn near every fucking game, but we're putting out Depot out there for 10 to 15 minutes of what? Hobbling up and down the court looking like he's a fucking limp, like he's got a dead leg, fucking peg leg? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're fucking doing? Is that what we've come to? Just, woo, Oladipo hit a shot while we're down by fucking 12 with four minutes left. Is that what we're doing now? If you want to buy into this championship organization, which the Heat are, let's not, I'm not even going to go there. If you want to buy into it, though, then why the fuck are you rooting for Oladipo out there? Yes, he's on our team. Yes, I hope he gets healthy. All that. But do we need him? At this point. Do y'all realize also when we started looking bad? Do y'all realize when we started looking bad? Oh, it's when Depot came into the rotation. You're fucking up everybody's minutes. They can make all these IG posts they wanna. They can say, oh, I'm so happy for them. I went from fucking 15 to 18 minutes to six. Yeah, you can say you're happy for them. All that bullshit. I haven't seen Game Vincent on a basketball court and I don't know how long. Max Struess is making random appearances at dumb parts of the game. Why is Victor Oladipo on the fucking floor in fucking mid-March? Why? Because if I see it in April, 
if I see it in mid-April, I will fucking lose my fucking shit. And you think I'm losing it now? Wait till then. Wait till then. If I see Victor Oladipo on the fucking floor mid-April in the fourth quarter versus the goddamn Bucks, I'm going to jump off my fucking balcony. And I hope I live and I'm a vegetable. So when they prop me up on my medical bed in my hospital bed, I was like, can you put on the heat? And I'm brain dead. And I just see Victor Oladipo just fucking, oh, he's two for eight in seven minutes. Whoa, he's going off. And I just sit there and I die. I fucking die. Watching this shit of... This team, man, we are not good right now. We are not good right now. When you need to be great, we aren't even good. We're having close games with the Pistons. We're having close games with the Thunder. We're having close games and losing to the 76er squad. When you can say they had Tyrese Maxey, okay, Fine, but will you admit that he was in foul trouble in the fucking second quarter and he didn't play? Or are you going to ignore that too? With our fully healthy team, Tyler Hero, nobody missing. We lose to the 76ers who are without their two stars. There is no excuse. And they're on a back-to-back, the back end. What excuse you got, huh? Huh? I expect more. I expect better. I expect us to look like a number one seed. We look like how we look at the end of last year when everybody was hurt. We look like the COVID fucking heat again. Hunter, you're overreacting, dude. You're the one seed. Hunter, fuck you. Suck my dick. I have watched 73 games of the 73 games we have played. You're not going to fucking tell me a goddamn thing. You're not going to tell me this this confrontation was good for us. Was it? Because we still lost by double digits. Was it good? But we came back. That's the problem. Do you see the problem here? It seems as though every time the Heat get a a large deficit, they always come back and get a four-point lead, doesn't it? But can we withhold it? Can we withstand the fucking storm? No. Our half-court offense is fucking ass. Our defense, individual defenders, incredible. Sometimes the scheme ain't working, Spo. Quit doubling! We don't have the athletes to double and recover. You got Duncan Robinson guarding two people. You got P.J. Tucker guarding two people. And he still hasn't hit a three as I'm talking in practice. But I'm overreacting. I'm a pessimist. When a month ago, a month ago, I said we were easily the favorite other than the Suns. But I'm a pessimist. And I got text to prove I said we fucking suck before this fucking game happened. Do I think we are terribly constructed and we're a bad team? No. Right now, we fucking suck. We are ass, dog shit, bums, butt soup, trash, lottery, bums, all that, homeless, trash can, waste management, dumpster fire, recycle bin, trash, homeless, all that. We're dog shit. And I'm screaming. I am screaming right now. We're fucking, I'm sweat. I'm sweating. We're fucking ass, man. And if they don't do this shit the last nine games of the season, if we don't pull out this season with a 7-2, 6-3 record and beat these fucking good teams, 
I don't know what to tell you. You don't fucking go from how we looked to this without something being wrong, off, something's going on. The lineups, we have Spo in a playoff series. He's gonna double he's gonna double Grayson Allen. He's gonna double DeAndre Hunter. Oh, well, there's that Patty Mills. He hit two threes in a row. Double him. Double, leave him wide open. Leave Claxon open in the under the rim. My uh my my ending um my my ending statement is the Heat suck right now. Okay? And I pray to God they prove me wrong. But right now, after that fight with Spolstra, I hate to say it, man. And I'm going to root my ass off for this team. I'm a fan, right? I'm going to root my ass off for them. They made me, I sent my envelope in for the season. I boxed it up. I, I, I licked it, got a paper cut on my tongue, and I sent it. I sent this season in already. We're going to eventually, I'm, I'm predicting it now, we're going to eventually... We're collapsing so hard. We're going to fall. The Nets are going to take the seven. And then we're going to end up playing the Nets as the two seed. And they're the seven seed. That's what's going to happen. And we deserve it. We deserve a first round exit. Then the Jimmy Butler trade rumors come. And I hope he gets fucking traded. I don't mean that. Right now I do. But that's my ending statement. <clears throat> I'll come back and... Uh, I'll find something to talk about. NFL free agency. NBA talk. Maybe the Mavericks. I'll be back. I just made a TikTok dance. Uh, part two of the pod. Part three, where the fuck it is. NFL talk, man. We're going to talk some NFL real quick. Let's go over this, this Tyree Kill trade. And then I'm going to get into some teams that are kind of late season bloomers. Unlike the Heat. As you heard me scream, I'm, I've cooled down a little bit. Okay, I've cooled down. I was screaming. I was screaming, and that's okay. Um, yeah. So this Tyree Kill trade, what do y'all think about it? I have a couple takes here that may be interesting to y'all, and I think it's funny that I was kind of ahead of the curve, even though I didn't drop the podcast where I talked about it. So does it really count? I don't think so. Um, on this one take I have that I'll get to in a second. The Tyree Kill trade, he's going to my, the Miami Dolphins for a first, a second, a fourth, and then a next year fourth, I believe, six, something like that. That's a great haul for a wide receiver. But we'll get to the Chiefs in a second. Let's go to the Dolphins. A franchise that was just not fully in on Tua has now committed to him with that move. Or am I crazy? Does that not say, that either says to me, you don't believe in him and he needs more weapons, or you do believe in him, so let's load up while we can like every other franchise does with a young QB. And for the Tua thing, I have no hot take on Tua. We haven't seen enough to me, but I hated the overreaction to him balling out on Jacksonville Jags and these shitty teams, these horrible pass defenses. While he's only thrown, I think he threw for 300 yards like three or four times last year. Let's check that. But as, as I'm looking, you know, I think Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, just in general, can be one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. I know that sounds crazy when you when you say it out loud, but when you go over what really kills in this league, what really what really is profound in this league is speed and athleticism. Yeah, Tua Tungabailoa threw for 300 yards one time last year against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 291 against the Atlanta Falcons, both losses. And he really didn't get close other than a 273-yard game versus the Jets. Uh, yeah, I, I think Tua is good. I don't think you can say Tua's bad right now. He isn't this turnover-prone bum. 
He just seems like he needs some time to get used to it. And once again, that third, fourth year, just like Jalen Hurts coming up on the real prove-it year, right? And Jalen Hurts ain't got close to the weapons that fucking Tua has now. L- listen to these, listen to these, these, uh, well, before I get to that, I can see if Mike McDaniels saw something in Tua. Does that make sense? You can see that maybe he saw like, oh my God, this is what Tua could be in my offense. You know what I mean? So, but let, let's see these these position players they have. Okay. My God, when you name this offense out, Tua Tungabailoa, unproven, but Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin is still on the roster. You have Devontae Parker as your third best receiver, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Mike Jasicki. I don't know if you can ask for more weapons for Tua. Once again, I always look at this from a player perspective or an organization perspective, if not combining the two like I am now, in how many times do we always give players a bailout with the organization? I'm pro player. But how many times have we given Aaron Rodgers the bailout? Oh, they didn't get him this. They didn't get him that. Well, I look at it as like the Baker thing. Tua has no excuses. Maybe this is his prove-it year to this organization, right? Maybe this is his proving year to this organization through their eyes. And what I see this offense being is a lot of Mike McDaniel shit, misdirection, Tyreek Hill in the backfield, him and Chase Edmonds back there, uh, read option maybe, but they don't want to risk it with Tua's uh, hip injury that he just came off of, not just came off of, but I mean, that's a pretty serious injury coming off of it. So maybe they don't do the read option, but I see a lot of uh, RPOs and things of that nature getting Tyree Kill in space like they did with Debo. I mean, you have to look at it. So what did the 49ers have that is relative in, in comparison to the Dolphins? Mike Jasicki is no George Kittle, but he is one of the best tight ends in the game of football. Okay. They have a all-world playmaker in Tyreek Hill where you just want to give him the ball as to Debo Samuel. Obviously, Raheem Mostert was in the 49ers organization. I mean, dear God, I don't know why you would sign him. I know that he can go for 75 yards on one play, but he can also break 75 bones on one play. Okay? Let's be real here. <clears throat> so Chase Edmonds is a... Um, is a super fantasy relevant player. And you know what? Fuck it. I'll go into uh, the Chiefs thing. And then we'll talk about fantasy implications. Because you know I'm a fantasy guy. The Chiefs. Isn't it weird that they didn't get kind of shit on for extending Patty? Right? And you go, you go, why would they get shit on? Uh, You know, they, they did what they could. And they... They did this and did that, but I just see these extensions of the Tua situation, the building around a young quarterback that isn't getting extended. And then you kind of you kind of laugh at this dude just got half a billy for ten years, and his cap hits about to hit. And then you realize why the NFL is king. This shit don't last. So. What is, what do you think is a better percentage-wise, right? What do you think is a better chance of happening? The Chiefs going to another AFC championship game this year or them losing, them being last in their division? What do you think is the better chance? Because I believe the better chance is being last in their division. How many times did Tyree Kill bail out Patty Mahomes. Travis Kelsey's aging. What do you get with that first round pick? The defense is ass. How many big plays did Tyree Kill make in that, that Bills game? The punt return, the catch, uh, the touchdown catch to go up with a minute left. How many big plays has he made this season? Do you get what I'm saying? How... Now defenses don't even have to plan for anybody on that team but Kelsey. How will Andy Reid adjust to that? I think the Chiefs are huge losers here. 
And that may sound obvious to people, but some people are trying to make, oh, the haul they got. Okay, well, your quarterback is the best in the game. I will say it. He is the best in the world. He's young. But how many gap years do you want? This isn't a gap year with a quarterback like this, but... And I'm not comparing him to Dak Prescott. But we've seen... And there's a lot more situations, but that's just so prevalent because I'm from the DFW, of young quarterbacks showing that they're top 10. And no, Dak is not as good as Patty. I'm just saying a top 10 quarterback, young, and you just go, we have our guy at quarterback... I mean, the rest of the roster is, I mean, does it really matter? You know, quarterback's so important, but I almost feel bad for all the elite quarterbacks because it's not looked at as a reliant position like the receiver is, like the running back is, like the linebackers, the safeties are. It's not looked at as this reliant position when, in fact, it is. You can have to be at... Because the quarter, quarterback scales are so diminished compared to, well, I would say accelerated or heightened compared to another random player, which is diminish your bar. To be great at quarterback, you got to go, you have this many playoff wins, this many Super Bowls, this many conference championship games. If you're a linebacker on the team and you got 160 tackles at the end of the year, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're looked at as this all-time great. You go through this whole career with 150 tackles a season, eight sacks a season, and you're just a Hall of Famer. But the scrutiny of these quarterbacks, and I'm not saying they don't expect it, don't deserve it, whatever, but I'm just, I don't think they deserve all that criticism. But the scrutiny that these quarterbacks go under, how you're looked at under a microscope of the whole entire 53, 55-man roster it's kind of nuts. You're looked at more than the coach. But they trade away their best weapon. They don't want to give him what he wanted. And I wonder why that is. Is it the off-field issues? I don't know. I don't know, but I thought it was very strange how quickly they were willing to get rid of him as well. Nobody's talking about how quick it happened. We're just talking about that it happened. How quick it happened is very odd. Very, very odd. Now, D.A., Devontae Adams played under a franchise tag, I, I believe, last year, maybe two years, or this is going to be a second. Oh, my God, who the fuck is calling me? Jesus. Well, let me turn this Bluetooth speaker off. Sorry, Sorry about that. This is the second pod in a row. Now, he said for the last... Three, two, three years that he was not going to play under a franchise tag for more than one year, I believe. And he didn't want to do it the first time, but A-Rob was like, hey, yeah, let's go. <clears throat> and then that whole situation where Aaron Rodgers knew he wasn't going to get extended but still signed for the money, if that doesn't make you think a certain way about Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <clears throat> fuck, here I go with the, the coughing up my lung shit. But I don't know. I thought it was very odd how quickly they got rid of him, considering I would imagine they offered him a big deal. Maybe the guaranteed money wasn't there. Maybe whatever, but I thought it was so weird they were so willing to trade him. Believe in Patty that much? I do too. But at some point, that's going to come back and bite you, no? Or am I crazy? Believe in your quarterback all you want. You saw what happened with Josh Allen last year when you had Tyreek. Correct? Uh, the Bengals game, second half. What was he doing? What was Patty doing? He threw the game. He sold. So you just give away his number one weapon. You got an aging Travis Kelsey, Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman. What are you going to do? Speed is speed, but you ain't, Tyree kills more than speed. I would say a lot of his quickness, agility, speed is superseded by his fucking talent as a route runner, as a go up and get it guy, as the skill of his, his skill is much higher than his speed, his everything. 
And that's saying a lot. <laughs> he's more than a fast guy on a football field. You don't do what he's done. That's why you can't compare anybody to him. He's 5'9 and can get jump balls over six-foot corners, 6'2 safeties, contested catches. That catch he had on the, the Chargers was incredible. I believe it was the Chargers. Where he's falling on the sideline. The dude gets a P.I. call before he catches it. Like, man, I I think the Chiefs are gonna gonna regret this move because they have been in the conversation for the favorite, if not Vegas' favorite the last three or four years. You move a, a key piece and what? You go, maybe we can trade it for somebody else. Well, what receiver's worthy? DAC, D, uh, D-Hop seems pretty locked in to the Cardinals. Maybe I'm crazy. DA just bought a house next to his college roommate in Derek Carr. A lot of these available receivers aren't available anymore. Who are you going to get? Your defense is bad. Now when you look at the weapons, you take away Tyreek Hill. That's the thing. It's so funny. We had these super teams. You take away one weapon, and now it's like the basketball team, right? You take away one weapon. You take away Chris Bosh from the Heat. They still got D-Wade and, and LeBron, but they're having a hard time with the, the Pacers. Having a real rough go with the Pacers, weren't they? It took 41 from D-Wade. Took legendary performances from Braun to get through that series. So what are you going to do? Late in games when Travis Kelsey's getting honed in on. Do do they know something I don't know about McCole Hardman? Because I've seen him play football a lot. He's just fast. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. But I guess we'll have to see. I guess we'll have to see how that turns out. I think the Dolphins are now the second best team in that division. And I think that... We will be talking about them as having a quote-unquote disappointing season, getting the wild card uh, behind the Bills, who are incredible. And the thing is, in that loaded AFC, I respect the Dolphins for going for it. Because when you look around, man, we talked about this on my other podcast on Spitting Sports. Just look around. The whole AFC West... The AFC East now has two great teams, and you still got Bill Belichick there. <laughs> Bill Belichick isn't dead, dead and gone. They made the playoffs. Bengals. Steelers are still there. The Steelers are still there. Deshaun Watson just went to the Browns. You're talking about 10 legit teams that you have to dumb down to seven or whatever it is, eight, nine, whatever it is, right? So it's going to be very interesting. The AFC is loaded. I can't wait to watch those playoffs. Okay, I'm putting this in the podcast. I'm putting the stutters right in three, two, one, stutters, go. His projected draft position, his PDP will still say the same. I think a lot of people people don't. Hello? Fucking God damn. Cut. Okay. So to get to this point, I was, I'm lit. It's my birthday. I'm celebrating my birthday, bro. I always drink on my birthday. Uh, that's my gift to myself is whiskey. Uh, <laughs> shout out to me. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I was just thinking about the fantasy implications, and I had to just throw it in here because I get scrambled brains, and I forgot to talk about it. But real quickly, probably a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, Tyree Kill is a top five pick in every draft. Standard. I mean, he's top, you're talking about 10-man, 12-man, he's top 5 to 8. He's a first-round draft pick, regardless. He's a wide receiver, one, in any any draft format you have. But I still believe now he will get picked that high. But I think your draft will, will fall apart once you see his production, considering Tua. To me, with a Mike McDaniels offense, you're hoping for him to make uh, big plays. I think he's going to be a 6 to 8 catch guy. For 90 yards, maybe. this is I'm talking about like max potential. Six to eight catch guy, 90 yards and a touchdown. 
not every week. So you're talking about on average doing that. That's kind of hard to draft up high when you have weeks like this year where he's going for 130, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I don't think he's going to have that many games like that. And maybe Tyreek Hill is that special of a talent, but I think that Patty Mahomes really contributed to that a lot with his off-script plays. Two isn't like that. You know, he's not a backyard football guy and all that, so I think his draft stock goes down. Remember, Jalen Waddle without Devontae Parker was a top-six uh, PPR wide receiver this year. He was incredible. I want to see how that turns out. I don't really have a take on that, but I, I still think Jalen Waddle becomes a viable option as a number two um, as a as a in a ten to twelve man league, uh, the fourth to fifth round pick. I really do think he's that good and that talented, and will be involved in the offense. Um, with the Chiefs side, I think it's going to be much more difficult to really choose one. Right? It's like a it's like a Forty ers backfield with the receivers. You can take Kelsey. To me, has much more value in PPR than standard, considering. You know, we can say how great he is. He is aging, once again. He is not, He's going to get doubled every game. And maybe they doubled him, they bracketed him, but he's going to get a hard double, a hard bracket. It's going to be more focused on him more than any time in his career ever. Travis Kelsey. Got to see how it works out. And this year he had a really slow start already. Imagine what's going to happen this year. What if he doesn't pop off with the 30-point game, 28, whatever he had at the end of the season? You looked at as that draft pick as a failure like I did when I drafted him. I almost went on a fantasy rant, but my brain said, no, Hunter, this is a couple-minute segment. Uh, and, you know, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to adjust to that. I think it's going to be a while for the Chiefs to make an adjustment, and you're going to have to just play it by ear, play it by eyes. you got to do the eye test on it and see who's really getting targets out there. But I think it's going to be hard to draft anybody on that offense. Running back-wise, even you get Kelsey, I don't think he's a first-round pick anymore. I don't think he's an early second-round pick. I really don't. And you just have to pray it works out. So after this, we're going to get into some uh, NBA sleepers. I just want to get some fantasy talk right there, man. Y'all. Now, let's talk about some dark horse teams in the NBA. And then we'll get to my five uh, songs that went platinum in the whip. Man, the Mavericks. Dinwiddie? Washington? Hello? The Wizards? Hello? Leaving that locker room did magic. But don't. You get what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy. He hit a buzzer beater against the fucking the Nets. He's playing well. Once again, referencing Spitting Sports, we've talked about this. And now it's more than just the injury. That makes me look at what's in that Washington facility. It's got to be a stench of just losses. Just dirty L's in that fucking locker room. You know? And for Dinwiddie, he's played very well these last five, six games. He's played very well. Not just as his role. As a NBA basketball starter, he has played well. On that scale, he has played well. We're seeing flashes. Flashes old, Dinwiddie. And I want to give credit to this guy, Luka Doncic. The way he plays, it seems like Harden. It's not Harden. You know why? He legitimately trusts his teammates. I believe it. I believe he legitimately trusts his team to hit shots, all that. Not passing it because he has to, so they hit a shot. Legitimately believing they will hit it when he passes it to him. And you saw that with that Dinwiddie shot. And, man, the Mavericks are scary. Another team that is scary, a team that is, I think in their last 27 games, 28 games, is winning almost 90% of them. And that is the Boston Celtics. What flaw do they have? Once again, I told on this last pod, I think that their flaw is going to be guarding elite bigs. You only got one elite big. Bam, I'm talking about big humans. You know, like Bam is an elite center in this league. He is. Top five, top three, whatever. He's honestly probably top three. 
if I'm thinking. I think he's better than Aiton overall as a basketball player. But, you know, statistics-wise won't show that. Um, you know, I think if they face the 76ers, which I think is an inevitable opponent if they want to get to where they want to get to, or a Giannis, or a uh, Brooke Lopez isn't some dominant scorer anymore, but he can put some pressure on you. Uh, I think they're going to have trouble. Once again, Robert, I, I've, talk, I've talked about this. Like, I've lost a lot of breaths talking about Robert Williams' foul trouble. He's a fouling machine. He's a very good player. He is a fouling machine. Al Horford has nothing left in the gas tank. He's just out there for leadership, veteran mentorship, all that shit. So, you know, I think those those dark horses are going to be scary in the playoffs. And I don't think they are they are out of my tough out category. And I'll announce it now. Pre-playoffs, I will come with a, a chart of some sort to categorize these teams in my own way. We know it's probably going to be a little funny, but... Uh, I'll categorize them in my own way, and that's what we'll do. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's very interesting in the NBA this year. Uh, the Grizzlies now have kind of gone under the radar. They're still amazing. The Warriors are dying, and I would love to see their matchup in the playoffs. Jokic and Embiid are still going at it. Embiid is basically playing until he gets 30 points, and then he doesn't care. I'm not even kidding. Like, I think... Joel Embiid on the bench is like looking up at the scoreboard. Okay, I got 19 with 10 minutes left. I'm about to go in, shoot three shots in a row, see if they go. If they don't, I'm drawing a foul. I'm drawing a foul. And it's so funny, I don't get the whole sitting James and Embiid on back-to-backs with Doc because I feel like maybe their chemistry is natural, but at the same time, I would want my team to be like, you know, in sync a lot of the time with each other, but... Yeah, man. Um, that's all I got for y'all in sports today. Sorry about this being a half a half a heat rant podcast, but I did what I did. Uh, I was emotional. I didn't think it would last 20 minutes. Didn't feel like it was 16 minutes, but it was. And we're going to get into the songs that went platinum in the whip right after this. And then we're done. Songs that went platinum in the whip. Part two. I'm not gonna do the parts. This is gonna be this is gonna take too long. But it's gonna be like part 878 when I'm fucking old as fuck. Um, number one is F W M Tone Stith T O N E S T I T H Fire Record. Number two, no interviews. Lil Dirt. I then took one drug trying to get turned up. That song's fire too. Number three, Flood the Block, Benny the Butcher. The word about my name is I paint them pictures meticulous and roll with a brick on the train feeling adventurous. That shit is crazy. If you like real rap, that's that shit. For the Squadron by St. John. Fire record. Uh, and then Hulu by uh, Pierre Bourne. That's that mumble rap, new age shit. I listen to everything really. Uh, basically hip hop and and in uh, R and B. That's it. But I mean, listen. You know, another part of the podcast here. I've realized that hip hop music and country music are not that different. It it really isn't that different. The country music stars are just like drunk off whiskey on their porch. They still cheated on their wife. They still have a baby with another woman. The only difference is the rappers are on the stoop with lean or they're on Perkies or something. You know, it's not really that different. It's not that different. The music sounds a lot different. It does. But the music really isn't that different. They're going through their troubles with women. They've done a lot of things they don't want to talk about. One is driving an F-250 in a puddle of mud. The other is driving a Bentley, a Beamer Benzer Bentley through the fucking city. They're just from two areas of town. It's like my mom was from the, the, 
the hood part of town and my dad was from the countryside it's the same thing and that's it actually is hilarious because my mom loves like 90s hip-hop music and my dad loves country music whoever's driving we either get biggie buck thones uh, uh bone thugs in harmony or we get uh we get kenny chesney we get hank williams is that his name hank williams we get that shit that's the only difference they're from the opposite side of town and one side is racist. But we won't comment on that part. Okay? We won't comment on that part. I just saw a song with Lil Durk in a country song. Shit's fire. Go listen to it. Don't know who wrote it. I listened to it once. It was fire though. But I'm out. The Pod Goat is out. Great podcast. Hope y'all enjoyed it, man. I love you all. Keep supporting. Like, subscribe, all that bullshit. Woo! Pod Goat is out. Do